Last week on episode 53, we talked about the different types of context clue strategies you can teach your students so that they can brave those difficult words and solve the meaning without stress or struggle. So now that we understand the different strategies, what do I do now? When do I teach these? How do I teach this? Help! So that's what we are diving into today. All of the strategies that you can actually do to teach context clues. Now, before we actually go into this episode, I want to let you know that next week we are celebrating one year of the Literacy Dive podcast being on air. I am so excited. I cannot believe that a year has already passed by. And to celebrate, I am doing a Teachers Pay Teachers gift card giveaway along with some of my own resources. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I'm going to start this giveaway next week on the one-year anniversary, but if you are listening now, you will have an opportunity to get in early. So what you're going to do is simply leave a rating and also leave a helpful review for other people to know what this podcast is all about. Super simple, right? That's all you have to do. Leave a rating and leave a review. But before you push submit on the platform, I want you to take a screenshot of your rating and your review. We all know how technology can be, so I definitely don't want you to leave a rating, leave a review, press submit, and for some reason, it does not show up on my end to see it. So make sure that you take a screenshot before you submit your rating and review, and then make sure that you go ahead and send that screenshot to me through a direct message on Instagram. You can also email it to me at megan at theliteracydive.com. And if you are someone who uses Instagram stories, you can gain an extra entry. Screenshot your favorite episode, tag me at the Literacy Dive, and put that into your stories for the extra entry. Now that that's taken care of, let's dive in to today's episode. Welcome to the Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. I'm your host, Megan Polk. My number one passion is, you guessed it, all things literacy and supporting teachers like you. Join me each week to learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Literacy Dive podcast, where we are jumping into context clues. Now, last week, as a recap, I dove into seven different ways that you can teach your students to apply a strategy to figure out a context clue. The seven ways that I touched on were using definitions, using examples, using synonyms, antonyms, inferencing, word parts, and pictures. So if you did not listen to that episode, I would highly recommend you pause this one, go back and listen to episode 53, and then come back to this one where you can learn how to put these context clue strategies to action. Last week, I also shared a context clues activity freebie. It has seven different activities that you can be able to implement to help support your students with context clues. And then I also shared the link to a mini lesson resource all about context clues that can get your students practicing these different strategies 
which is going to help their word-solving ability tremendously. So head to the show notes, make sure you grab the freebie, and if you're looking for additional support, go ahead and click on the mini lessons link, and that will get you even more instruction that you can use with your students. So now that we have gone through those different context clue strategies, definitions, examples, synonyms, antonyms, inferences, word parts, and using pictures, we are going to go to the next step, which is implementation. It is so important to begin by teaching the process. Now, the teaching point is going to be context clues are clues that readers use to find out meaning of unknown words within a passage, story, or text. So it's going to be very important that you let them know the teaching point, and that's just that we are going to use context clues so that we can figure out all of these words that we do not know. Step one that you want to teach them in this process is going to be to read and sometimes even rereading the sentence and underlining or highlighting the unknown word. You could also use highlighter tape if you are actually in the book. And of course, we don't want kids to highlight inside of the book. So definitely use highlighter tape if you're not copying the pages and you want to do this in the moment inside of their book. Step two you're going to have your students think about what is happening in the sentence. I love having them to think aloud, to talk about it, so definitely let them engage with you in this process of thinking. Step three, they are going to look for other words or phrases that may explain the meaning of the unknown word. This can be within the actual sentence or it even might be in a nearby sentence that comes before or after it. So you want to explain that step very, very clearly that they might have to do a little digging to find it, but it's going to be there. And step four is going to be to try other different words. We want to plant that language of synonym. So to try different synonyms in place of the unknown word to see if that sentence is strong and most importantly, to see if that sentence makes sense. In short, the four words that you want to make sure that your students can recall when you're thinking about teaching this process is read, think, look, try. Just those four words. Read, think, look, try. Hold your students accountable to the verbs of what they should do. The repetition is going to help them. A lot of kids are not going to know what to do when you tell them, use your context clues. So it is really, really, really important that you take the time to make sure that in the moment, kids are stopping and they're rereading sentences. They're paying attention to the words that come before and after the unfamiliar word. You're really going to want to make sure that they can identify the context clues, that you're asking them, what clues can you gather to help you determine the word's meaning? and let them actually share out about that. Really important, you do want them to focus on making an educated guess about that word's meaning, and not just stopping at guessing, but checking that guess in context. I love telling that to my students, to check your guess in context, and all that means is, I need you to plug that word in, plug and chug, read that sentence again, substituting your definition for the word into that sentence, and asking yourself, Does it make sense? Once you have taught the students how to go through that process when trying to find the meaning of an unknown word, 
you then can start doing different types of activities. Something that is really, really familiar for kids is seeing and creating class anchor charts. This is where you're going to allow your kids to help make this anchor chart display. You can pull actual sentences from your read aloud. You can pull them from a guided reading text. You can pull a sentence from a reading passage or anywhere else that print comes into your classroom. Maybe you got a newsletter. Maybe you got a magazine. Maybe you got a piece of mail and you want to share it with your students, but you're like, wait, I have no idea what this word means. You're going to pull the actual sentence. This makes the connection that your students can do this anytime they get to a word that they don't know. Then you are going to highlight or color code the parts of the sentence or any reminders needed that are going to link to the specific strategy that they're going to try. Keep these anchor charts visible. Hang them on the wall. Use it as a reference for their notebooks. You can do that easily by taking a picture of the anchor chart, shrinking it down, recreating that, printing many copies of it, and letting students stick that into their notebooks. They can recall the time that they did that with you, and they can be able to do that same strategy for words that they do not know in the future. Once you all identify the context clue strategy that was used in order to find that unknown word, you want to pay close attention to it, you want to repeat the strategy, and you want to really, really allow students to understand this is what we did, we found out the meaning, you can use that strategy too. So do not gloss over, oh great, we used anonyms, oh great, we used a word part, You really have to zone in and spend some time on what they did in order to find the meaning out, and that is going to be the strategy that they need to start internalizing. And remember, there are several of them, so do not pass over that strategy lightly. Make sure that you're really, really focusing in on it so that they can get as much practice as possible. The next thing that you can do is to model it. You have to model all of these different strategies in the different ways that you're finding these unknown words. Sometimes it is really beneficial to let students in on helping you, but sometimes it's really, really powerful to just model it for them. You see it in context, you stop there and say, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know what this word means. Wait a minute. Let me try to figure out what context clue I can use that's going to help me find meaning of this word. Hmm, I'm going to look through here. And that's when you're just basically thinking aloud while modeling. Now, the great thing is that you can model this strategy building any time of the day. It does not have to be during your reading block. You can model it through mini lessons. You can model it from your read aloud, during guided reading, and in other subjects. How many times have you gotten that word problem for math and there's something in there that students have never heard before? That is a perfect time to practice using context clue strategies. Think about science. Think about social studies. There's a lot of vocabulary in there that kids have simply not heard before. So go to other subjects to practice these skills. I love thinking about doing this in real time where you can make that real-time connection to draw from what was taught and apply it to gain some meaning. 
So this could be from morning announcements. Maybe the principal came on and said something, but that word was kind of tricky. You can pause right there and try to figure out how can we figure out what the principal meant? Maybe you have a class delivery or there's instructions that come with an assignment. Any time that you can do this modeling in real time, it's going to be really, really powerful for your students. And then think about those structured think-alouds. Actually model and talk through the thought process that runs through your head when solving for these unknown words. A think-aloud can be something like this. I was reading an article about science earlier, and there was a sentence that kind of popped out, and there was a word that I didn't know. So let's look at this sentence together. During a tornado, stay alert to possible hazards such as sharp objects and broken glass. You are going to want to actually read that sentence aloud to your students. Then you're going to say something like, in this sentence, we're trying to figure out the meaning of the word hazards. So let's see if there's any clues before or even after the word to try to help us figure out what this word hazards even means. During a tornado, stay alert to possible hazards. So we know that hazards are something we might see during a tornado, and we should stay alert to them. Hmm, that's helpful, but we still need more information. So let's look after the word, such as. Remember the phrase such as usually tells us that we're about to see some examples of the unknown word? And those examples are usually really, really great clues. Okay, so hazards such as sharp objects and broken glass. That means that broken glass and sharp objects are examples of hazards. So what do broken glass and sharp objects have in common? (gasps) They're dangerous. I think hazards means dangers. Oh, kids, oh, kids, let's check to see if this definition in context works. During a tornado, stay alert to possible dangers, such as sharp objects and broken glass. Does that make sense? Yes, it does make sense. We did it. We solved for the unknown word. So that, in short, is a way that you could model think-alouds to your students. And a lot of the times, I'm going to tell you, doing a think-aloud, helping kids to know what it sounds like, what it looks like, how they can process this, thinking it aloud is going to be the best way for them to hear it and then be able to try it on their own. The next thing that you could try to get your students really comfortable with using context clues is simply allowing this to happen daily, daily exposure. This is just two minutes or less, really, really quick practice, like a warm-up or during a quick transition where you can be able to practice this little skill really, really fast. You're going to start simple with one or two sentences. Do not make this difficult. You do not need to show a whole paragraph and go through reading it and trying to word solve. Nothing like that. Super, super simple. Remember, there are a minimum of seven different strategies that we are asking students to pull from. So we don't want to make it too tricky 
by them having to not only figure out which strategy do I use, but also do a whole lot of work because you're including so many sentences. So try to start with just one sentence, two at the most, simple, simple sentences. You are going to want students to use their mind muscles to determine which strategy is best and to determine the word meaning. Ask for an explanation. Give your students the opportunity to share how they came to their conclusion. There is so much power in sharing and offering an explanation of verification or proof. So never just say, yep, you're right. You want to ask your students, how did you know? How did you figure out that word? What are you thinking by that? I love doing this next activity that I'm going to share. So if you have kind of zoned out, I want you to pause and come on back because this next activity might be one I know your students are going to love and you might find yourself doing this every single day. So here we go. The next activity. This activity is using what I like to call nonsense words. You can make these or your students can make them. You are going to have simple sentences where the hard word is actually replaced with a made-up word that holds absolutely zero meaning. You're going to explain to kids that words that you're unsure of can be treated like a nonsense word where we can plug in different words to make sense within that sentence structure. For example, the sentence could say, I looked outside and it was hooligacking. I quickly ran and grabbed an umbrella and began my walk to school watching the dark skies closely. Now, when you have that sentence displayed or if you read that sentence, kids are going to laugh. They are going to be fully invested and so excited from this simple one or two minute activity. Now, it means raining, the word hooligacking in my sentence, and the kids can share why they guessed that the word means raining. They're probably going to say, well, you quickly ran and grabbed an umbrella, and I know that you would use an umbrella to either block out the sun, but typically to block out the rain. And even if they said, well, I use an umbrella at the beach, whenever they now said, but you said dark skies, well, then that means that it's not sunny outside. So they can quickly start processing that that word, hooligacking, actually means raining. So students enjoy making these sentences. I will often say on our fun Fridays that they can be able to make a nonsense word activity. And depending on if they put the quality into it, it could be selected as one of our upcoming examples. So you don't even have to spend your time making all of these. Kids love it. The great part of having students making these is not just that they have fun and they enjoy it, but they can choose to make it by themselves or with one other partner, but making it does the reverse of how they actually have to solve it. They have to add the certain clues into their sentence to actually successfully create the sentence that other kids can be able to solve. So you can actually use the examples that your students are making as your quick daily exposure. And remember, that is only two minutes or less. So there are a lot of opportunities to be able to embed these fun activities for students to use their context clues and to explore with these different strategies that you have already taught them. 
The next thing that I want you to think about is partner practice. Now, there is support in numbers. I know that sometimes I prefer to work by myself, but there are a lot of times where I do like putting my heads together with other people so that we could be able to get the best bang for our buck. So this is where you're going to let two or three students work together to fill out a graphic organizer. Now, remember, I have provided you with a free Context Clues little resource pack that has seven different activities, and one of the activities in there is a graphic organizer that you could use within your text. But there is another way that you could be able to create a graphic organizer by making a four-box template, or you can actually have multiple boxes in it like a Freyer model, and in that box template, you are going to have the students write the vocabulary word, and they can also write that sentence somewhere at the top that includes the vocabulary word. Then the boxes are going to be labeled. You can decide what you want the boxes to be for the different students that you have. If you have some students who are just kind of scraping the surface with context clues, you might only want them focusing on two or three of these parts. If you have a student who has mastered context clues and they can go a little bit deeper, then you might want them to add in a couple of more boxes. So this is something that your students can create. I love just having them fold paper into fours, into sixes, and they can be able to use that right there for their boxes. You do not have to literally make anything. You can differentiate just by folding paper using a marker to differentiate the different parts, and then you can move on like that. So in one area, you do want to list the vocabulary word. Then in another box, it's helpful to have that sentence for students to draw from. But then in the other boxes, you could have a box labeled as definition or context clue strategy used, synonyms for that word, antonyms for that word. You could even have another box for image or a representation that can be a visual, hey, draw what that word means. And that one, sometimes kids can get really creative and draw it, and other times it is kind of difficult to do. So that could just be like a bonus if they want to add that into it. And you could have another box that's labeled part of speech that actually starts helping students understand what part of speech it is based off the context that they find it in that particular sentence. So again, this does not have to be anything fancy, nothing that you have to go and create yourself, just labeled spaces for kids to fill in as much as they can. And again, fold the paper up, mark it with marker, and then you can show how to label it. I do think that it's helpful to have a large display for yourself for your own way that you can model how to do this with different words that you might find in your text. So you could have a blank piece of anchor chart paper. You can go ahead and make that one the way that you would like it. Probably the vocabulary word in the middle a box for the sentence up top, and then you could just angle out the different lines to create the spot for the definition, the spot for the context clue, the spot for the image, the spot for the part of speech, the synonyms, the antonyms, and so forth. So that is something that you could do. Let your students work in partners, allow them to work independently, let them explore with graphic organizers. The last activity that I want to share with you that you could have your students do to practice the skill is by creating examples. Now, this really works when students can work with a partner, but they could also do this independently, of course. 
This is going to be where you give students a challenging word, a vocabulary word from a book. Maybe it's one that you just select. Maybe you find it from a grade level word set. And I would recommend giving the same word starting out to all of the kids. Then as your kids start getting familiar with it, you can start giving out different words per partner pair, and then you can be able to use all of these feature examples for however you want to use them. But you're going to give the students a vocabulary word, you're going to give them a definition, and you're going to give them a sample sentence that uses the word. It is going to be a simple sample sentence. Now, since kids are given all of the elements they need, there isn't much work for them to do, but that's the whole point. That is okay. Those kids are going to create their own unique sentence that includes the context clues and the vocabulary word based off the sentence that you gave them. You can use the examples for your two-minute warm-ups, or you can spread them around the room for other kids to take five minutes and go around and try to guess the different word meanings. So here, you're giving them the sentence, you're giving them the definition, you're giving them the vocabulary word, and then you are encouraging them to use that word in a brand new sentence that holds the same meaning. So to kind of recap all of this, it's really important that you start by teaching the process that you would like the students to consistently follow whenever they get to a tricky word. You also want to make anchor charts with them. You want to be sure that you are modeling it and doing that activity with your students. You're also going to want to find daily exposure times, a quick two minutes to be able to practice the context clue strategies. You also can use nonsense word activities. Super fun. I really want you to try that. You could also think about how many opportunities you can give your students to work in partner pairs to support this whole idea of context clues using graphic organizers. And then you can take it a step farther and have your students actually create their own examples using those hard, tricky words in sentences that hold the same meaning. Yes, context clues requires work, but kids can totally tackle it and they're going to find success. Make this time enjoyable for them. Make it fun. Let your students know that they are word detectives. They have to gather clues to crack the case. Tell them that some words like to surround themselves in unfamiliar disguises, but they can solve the mystery of finding the meanings of even the trickiest words. When you hype it up like that, they get super, super excited to take on what was once scary of a word and they want to try to solve it. Make sure that you're always making sure that your students are answering the two most important questions. One, what does it mean? And two, how do you know? That how portion is going to be them describing the strategy and that's going to be what they can draw from for future opportunities. Both of those questions are really key in helping build context clue strategies. It requires thinking and application. I am so glad that you hung with me today to learn more about context clues and how you can do these quick activities with your students. So I want to remind you, if you have not grabbed that context clues freebie, head to the show notes, grab it, and feel free to use all of those different types of activities for your literacy centers. And then if you do need extra support with teaching or reteaching that skill, I have a mini lessons PowerPoint that you may want to check out. 
And again, next week, we are going to be celebrating the one year of the podcast, and I will be doing a gift card giveaway as well as some resources to my store. But as a way of you tuning in today, you can definitely get in early. So all you have to do is leave a rating and a helpful review. The reviews are so key because there are so many podcasts out there when people are scrolling by, if they can read what they might gain from this podcast, then it's going to encourage them to listen and it's going to impact their literacy instruction, which then impacts all of their students too. So your rating and reviews are so helpful. They mean so much to me. And so once you leave it before you submit it on Apple, take a screenshot, send it to me through direct message on Instagram, send it to me by email, megan at theliteracydive.com. And if you have a favorite episode or an episode that you think others would like to listen to and could learn from, then take a screenshot, share it in your Instagram stories, tag me at the Literacy Dive, and that will gain you an extra entry into this giveaway. Thank you for listening, and I will chat with you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Come hang out with me over on Instagram at the Literacy Dive. I would love to hear from you in my DMs. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit that follow button and share this with a friend. I'll catch you in the next episode.